Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage, and I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi. Coach, how we doing? What's new? Kimberly Papermakers, how we doing over there? Yeah, we're really excited. You know, we got our first scrimmage tomorrow, and then uh, next Friday, Friday Night Football Underneath the Light starts, and, you know, all the sports and WIA sports are starting up now. We got tennis just, just started up, and it's just great to see kids back participating and things are getting back more back to normal. So very exciting. Well, that's exciting. Obviously we haven't really touched on this too much on our podcast, Dean, you know, sports advantage, our, our ownership family has grown uh, by two. We've added uh, Ryan, Gro two former Badgers, uh, one Ryan Groy, who's been a NFL athlete now for the past six or seven years. And then uh, Joe Thomas uh, played for the Cleveland Browns, uh, obviously probably a first ballot hall of fame uh, athlete. So Joe and Ryan have joined our ownership group of sports advantage with our mission of obviously trying to provide all the athletes in the state of Wisconsin across our state with the best possible training we can um, implementing our culture, implementing our systems, you know, in as many areas as we can. And so we've gotten to work on that. So we got some pretty exciting news coming here in the, in the real near future, Dean. Yeah, that's great. I saw, you know, the channel, the Madison News there with Ryan and, yep. and Joe Thomas. And, and that's awesome because I know you're growing the sports advantage and many more athletes are going to have that opportunity to get some great training and super excited for you. And again, thanks for allowing Coach Mangan and myself to do that, continuing that and go to the Cincinnati Bengals. That was an unbelievable experience. And then Queen B, yep. Tiger Fitness and also Westside Barbell. So. Yep. So it was great. And, and I, I figured out where my place is in life is, you know, the, the, the crew came today to do the thing. And, and I was like, well, what do you, what do you think? And they're like, well, we just want these two guys. I'm like, okay, well, I guess my eight and a half years of building this business is kind of down the tubes and we'll just put the two important guys out there and I'll just sit back and videotape. So um, kind of lesson learned, right? Anyways, uh, we are fired up, Dean. We've got our first golfer on today. Uh, we have a first golfer on. She's from the Green Bay area. Uh, we're so excited to have her. We've been uh, playing around with schedules and stuff like that. And, you know, she's been very flexible. And unfortunately, I've had a couple of things come up, but uh, we're going to bring on to our show, Sarah Larson. Sarah, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you, Sarah. And obviously there is some video, you know, capability with this. So Sarah, you know, got her hair done and she looks good and she's ready to go here and and really share some great information. We've reviewed some of our stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on, Sarah, as Dean as well. And um, we're really excited to kick this off. So Sarah, why don't you just, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your background and, and, and things like that. And we'll kind of get into this baby. Sure, definitely. So I'm a, what they, some people would call an adaptive athlete. So an adaptive athlete in today's world basically means you have some sort of a, a disability. And I use an air quote because to me, what I have is not a disability. It's something I use to inspire others by what I do to help people motivate themselves and try something they've never tried before. So basically, I was born with missing my left arm above the elbow. It's part of an amniotic band syndrome. Basically, as I was growing in my mom's womb, little fibrous tissues wrapped around, stopped it from growing, but that did not stop me from doing whatever I wanted to do in life. So as far as sports-wise, I, I played whatever I wanted. In grade school, I played basketball. I was a cheerleader. 
I played volleyball. I played softball. There really wasn't anything that stopped me. Um, people might watch and see what I do might be a little bit differently, but you know what? Life is what you make of it. And I try to make the best of it at any moment that I can. That's awesome. I mean, really, I think it's a great lesson before we even start, right? The only thing that holds you back is, is your mindset, right? I mean, if you have the mindset that you're going to go accomplish something or do something, it's a great message for all of our athletes and all of our parents and all of our coaches. So that's, it's a great way to start. So Sarah, growing up, you know, you talked about playing multiple sports, which Dean and I, you know, I think we touch on it almost every podcast, how valuable it is. I mean, there's just an article from Dr. Andrews um, talking about kids playing multiple sports and taking time off and things like that. Um, what are some of the life lessons you personally learned from playing, you know, multiple sports, you know, not only, I, I don't even want to say as an adaptive athlete, just as an athlete in general, because at the end of the day, I think you get so much out of playing multiple sports. Um, so just kind of share some of those experiences, you know, with our, with our listeners. Definitely. I think regardless of what sport you start and whatever age you started, it's going to take work. You're not going to pick up a golf club and be a master golfer. The same way as you're not going to pick up a basketball and be the best person that's going to score the most points in that game. You have to have the passion. You have to have the will and the drive to do it. And it takes practice and perseverance to get there. And if you're willing to put in the work, it's going to have an amazing reward. And it's just, you don't give up. As soon as you notice that you have a passion for a sport and you try it, keep going at it. You're going to inspire someone else and your skills will improve along the way. Sarah, you know, as uh, you're growing up and you're going to school, we know those are difficult times for, for, you know, every student, you know, because kids are going to be, you know, there, there's, there's that bullying, there's a, the harassment part of that. And now, you know, you're going through the school system and, you know, how people can treat people differently, you know, how they, how they look or maybe, you know, how they dress all these different types of things. So, you know, did you have any of that growing up in, in your situation? And then, you know, how did it make you feel? And then how did you deal with those situations? Of course, I think no matter what age you are, there's always going to be those children or those adults that are going to make fun of someone or bully them. I certainly had that growing up. I rode the bus and there were people that made fun of me on the bus, including the bus driver. And, you know, it's hard because you have to find that strength in yourself to say, you know, they might be trying to put you down, but how do you rise above to not let it bother you? Because more than likely, if they're making fun of you, they're battling something themselves. So for myself, it was really trying to find, you know, getting to be comfortable with myself and my disability or the way that I look different. It took a while, you know, regardless if you are missing an arm or a leg, or you feel like you're not handsome enough or pretty enough, you're going to find that in your own time. So for me to kind of go back to your question, it's how do I get through it? And growing up and even sometimes now, I usually take the stance of if they're really kind about it and they ask me a question, I'll be kind back. If you're rude to me and you're staring at me, you'll probably get a little bit of an attitude back, you know, because I always say, treat people how you want to be treated. And if you're treating me kind, I will respect that as well. If you're not kind to me, I'm not going to be ridiculously rude, but I may not be my sweet self all the time in my response. You know, I think it's, 
you know, another great lesson, obviously, is to, you know, all, not always the appearance is is kind of what's inside the person. You know what I mean? And I think that that can go for a lot of different things, short, tall, maybe heavy, you know, underweight, things like that. And I think it's such a great lesson. And it's a great message for kids when they, you know, go into, you know, competition, whether it's football, basketball, golf, baseball, you know, you start looking at your opponents and be like, oh, you know, this person looks smaller than me. This person, you know, maybe isn't as old as me. This, this isn't going to be a, a real tough game for me and stuff like that. I think a lot of times that's where kids get beat, right? Because they just assume because of appearance that they're better. And that's definitely not the case, right, Sarah? It is not. You know, I try and work with any adaptive athlete, no matter what the age is. And you probably have heard of the famous Tom, Tommy Morsey. He's the one-handed golfer. He's the one-handed baseball player. And he is just that, that idol that he's on that baseball diamond. And more than likely, if it's the first time you're playing him, you see this kid up with one arm and you're thinking he's probably going to strike out. He's probably terrible. And at the next moment, he knocks it out of the park and he has a home run. So I think in those moments, it's don't size up your teammates assume that whoever you're playing with has their own skill no matter what the level is don't underestimate because when you do they're going to run past you they're going to hit past you and all of a sudden you're going to look back to say holy crap what just happened well and i think too sarah right like people that grow up being you know doubted right that's only that's only fuel to the fire right you see so many times at every level of sports you know, where, where teams are underdogs and things like that. And that usually fuels everybody's fire to, to basically prove everybody else wrong and then prove yourself right. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, you know, with, in today's society, obviously, you know, with mental health concerns and, and just, you know, being on the rise nationwide, just what we've kind of gone through over the past couple of years, um, what advice would you give people um, how to deal with adversity? you know, adversity really is prominent in athletics and it's really prominent in our life. Um, and I think a lot of times people don't want to face it and they don't want to take it on. Like from your perspective, obviously, you know, you were handed some adversity before you even know you knew you had it. You know, what are some tips you would give our athletes as to how to deal with adversity and how to come out of it maybe better than expected? I think it's, as you mentioned before, take that opportunity as a challenge. You might have been given the short stick, as they call it, or not the opportunity that you felt you should have in life. But don't take that old maid card and think that the game is over. Take that and find a way to be strategic. Find a way to say, you know what, I might have that old maid card, but I'm going to end up winning this game. You may have to work a little bit harder, and that's okay, because I think as I mentioned before, the harder you work, the more the outcome is going to be for you personally, and the more that you're going to gain that confidence that I think a lot of people are lacking. Now with a lot of people staying at home, you know, after COVID hit, people just ran into their homes and they never left. That's probably the worst thing I think, in my opinion, that people did. Because you stopped those connections. Some people stopped those sports. And that sport is the ability to make you feel like you're challenging yourself, you're part of a team. And how can you build your team together to be the best that they can be? You know, 
I would just tell people, try and stay positive. You're always going to have adversity. Find that light at the end of the tunnel. Find that reason for whatever it is that happened and spark it. Run with it. Ride it. Because if you don't, you're missing an opportunity in life to one, inspire others, two, make a difference, and three, improve yourself. Sarah, that, that's all great points right there. I really enjoyed listening to those. Um, too many people nowadays are so afraid to take on new challenges, new things. You know, I see this as a high school teacher. It's a lot of times you have to talk to that individual and try to get them to participate in co-curricular activities. So explain how you got involved with the game of golf, because I, I saw on, a, on the news station there when you had your little interview, that was pretty interesting um, involvement, how you got involved with the game of golf. And then why do you really enjoy it so much? Because I know when I golf, it is frustrating. It is. I got into the game of golf. My husband is an amazing golfer. And I was that lady or the wife on the cart, or I would stay home as he'd have his golf outings. And I got to the point where I want to spend more time with him. And I fueled my fire. I'm a, I'm a little stubborn. So he said, Sarah, why don't you pick up golf? And at that moment, I thought he was was crazy. You need two hands to gulp, right? You need to have stability in your grip. You need to make sure you're following through. You know, you're looking at that size of that ball and the perfection you need to have on your swing with two hands is hard enough. How am I going to hit that ball with one? So he worked with me, had a couple lessons. And after I had some really good contacts, joined the ladies local golf league, got myself into more of the game of golf and realized that I'm not terrible. I started growing this passion to really reach out and found some adaptive or disabled organizations that I can now compete against those that have one arm, one leg, mental disabilities or physical limitations that I'm finding a passion that I'm not only helping myself, but I'm helping others as well. Well, some of us, uh, are terrible at golf, Sarah. So, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, even more kudos to you because, you know, th those of us that think we can play, um, but we really can't. Um, I, I don't know who I would be referring to on this podcast, but um, yeah, some of us just really struggle with that game. And it's such a, it's such a challenging game because there's so much patience, you yeah. know, that, that it takes. And, um, you know, you hit a shot and it's not like, you know, it's not like football. If you drop a ball, you go back to the huddle, you can, you can, you know, refocus, you hit a bad shot and it's in the woods and you got to take that five minute walk and be like, well, I know I'm not going to be able to find my ball, but I at least got to pretend like I'm looking for it here and stuff like that. So it's a challenging game. So, um, you, you know, no matter what the circumstance, the fact that you're successful at it is, is awesome. Um, so team USA, um, you know, you get to represent Team USA um, in different countries, and that's exciting no matter what sport, what, whatever it is, when you can represent our country, um, that's a huge honor. Um, and then also, you're one of 96 golfers in the U.S., the Adaptive Open. So maybe kind of share some of those stories a little bit um, and just what an honor it is to represent our country. Definitely. So I was part of the 2020 Phoenix Cup where we would go ahead and play across seas against those from other countries. 
Unfortunately, it canceled in 2020, but we will be going in 2024. So it gives me an extra year or two or three to practice and make sure my game is definitely on point. The moment I was picked for that team, because you have to be selected for that Phoenix Cup, I, I was humbled. I was in awe. And again, I got nervous because like, oh, shoot, now I have to go across these. I have to play against some really talented individuals on a course I've never played before. This is going to really challenge my skill sets and my game. So I'm kind of happy it canceled. The team is actually going, there's a different team every so often. So there's a new team that's actually flying out tonight that'll be playing this next weekend. So they'll have an opportunity to pave the way, give me what the experience will be like. So I'm ready in 2024. So that one certainly was probably one of my first awe moments to say, you know what, I am honored to represent USA, very humbled and want to be the best that I can be to show our country proud when it comes to golf. And you know what, I'm a stubborn lady. And when I know 2024 is coming, it's going to be epic. I'm going to be playing my best. The uh, talk a little bit about the US Adaptive Open. That was my second jaw-dropping opportunity. To have the chance to have 96 golfers across the world with a wide range of disabilities all play together that's hosted by the USGA, that is beyond anything I could possibly imagine. I never thought I would make it. It was the day before my birthday. I wasn't even going to apply because we had a, a deadline to make sure we got our application in. And I threw my application in. I'm like, you know what? If I don't make it, it's fine. And I remember I was in a chamber of leadership group meeting and I'm checking my email periodically. And sure enough, we're in the middle of a meeting and I get an email from champs like, oh, is this the thanks, but no thanks. You're not welcomed. Your red slip, your pink slip. Nope, I made it. And at that moment, my jaw dropped. I think I froze. And I said to myself, this is history. I am part of history in the making. Awesome. Sarah, I was uh, listening to one of your podcasts that you were on or interview that you were on and you're a mother and um, you were in a situation where after you gave birth they, that they you were in a hospital and they would not let you leave until you were able to change a diaper. So kind of explain that process and you know, some of the things that we take for granted that we do every day are a lot more difficult for you. And, you know, obviously you have to persevere and you have to figure out how to be able to do that. So talk to us about that. You know, when I was pregnant, the first thing that scared me was, will I be able to care for our son? You know, I, I was that person where I liked everyone else's kids, but I won't hold them, you know, wait till they can hold up their own head. So that moment came true to me when we had Riker and all of a sudden they said, all right, Sarah, you need to change his diaper before you leave so we know that you can care for him. Leading up to this, I thought to myself, maybe I should get a prosthetic. And I did, which I have never worn one probably since third grade. They get in the way, they're too heavy. And I bought one just in case if I needed it. Again, I'm a little bit stubborn, so I wanted to do without and I had to figure out a way to hold up his legs. So I would grab his feet with my right hand that I have. I take my little arm, I'd call it, and stick it kind of under his feet. And then I would 
you know, change his diaper and do everything with one hand. Uh, I'll be honest with you, as he got a little bit older and messes got a little bit smellier and bigger, I was up close and personal, but you know what? I, I found a will through it. And there's that Nike saying of just do it, find a way, right? So that was my motto. I'm gonna have to figure this out, whether it takes me five minutes or five hours, but I'll do it. That's awesome. I had so, a hard time. I had a hard time changing diapers with two hands. It is absolutely, hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. like, yeah. Okay. Hey, so all the athletes listening, you know, we talk about our podcast and everything is about giving, you know, not just athletes, but all of our listeners, you know, that competitive advantage. So what would your be your best advice to our listeners and uh, giving them a competitive advantage, whether it's in athletics or whether it's in life? You know, the advantage would be truly a mindset. You know, I'm part of the North American one Arm Golfer Association and their motto is never quit. And that's just it, don't quit. And like they say for Nike, just do it, right? Just get up and try something. So I think, you know, if your passion is there, if you even need a little bit of help, if you need some lessons, do that, but always give your 100%, whether it be golf, whether it be baseball or basketball, go into every game saying, I'm going to give this the best that I can, because no matter what the outcome is, then you know you didn't let yourself down. Half of it is giving up and not trying. I think that sets people at that disadvantage or even just not trying, not even starting. You know, it's looking at someone else and find out what can I do to be inspired by them? How can I learn from them? You're not gonna know all the answers. So you're gonna have to use your resources to get there, but your attitude is almost everything. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sarah, you've been an awesome guest. I, I got to ask, you got a little ink on your on your arm there. Is is there yeah. anything uh, anything behind it, or is it just a crafty design? You know, there is something behind it. So as I was Figured. growing up, I I didn't wear short sleeves. Right. It was something I wasn't quite comfortable with. So I have a cousin in Waukesha that has a tattoo shop, and I said to myself, you know what, let me see what I can do to feel more comfortable with myself. And as I went in, he knew my personality and just started kind of hand freeing and hand drawing different colors and designs that I, that I like. And he's like, you know what, Sarah, you've been given a lot of curveballs in life and you dodge them and you take them head on. So he wanted to incorporate some swirls in there, which yeah. is the ever changing part of life and the colors that come to life. And it was those perfect i love it yeah. it looks awesome yeah looks very awesome. good it looks awesome dean you got anything else for sarah no i just uh, you know appreciate you getting back to us i know it's like brian said we're trying to get times and getting all three of us on the same schedule and i knew when we got a hold of you the first time you were actually golfing and yes. you were willing to be you were willing to do it there and we just said hey we'll wait a couple weeks and, until your schedule is a lot better so we really appreciate your patience and your message is, is just awesome for all of our listeners to listen to. So many golden nuggets here, knowledge bombs that um, we're really excited that you joined our show today. I'm honored. Thank you so very much. Well, we're really looking forward for 2024, you know, to watch, to watch it perform and, and whatnot. So that's going to end this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Tune in next time. 
and we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>